Okay, question for you. Do you have a groundbreaking song that the world needs to hear? Enter your song in the American Songwriter 2021 Song Contest today to win $10,000, promotion across American Songwriter, and a co-publishing deal with Live by Live. Get your song in front of contest judges who are number one artists like Paul Stanley from Kiss. Well, I got to take a breath. Vance Joy, Martina McBride, and A&R executives such as Senior Vice President of A&R at Atlantic Records and BBR Music Group. Okay, what a what an opportunity. How do you enter this contest? You can go to americansongwriter.com slash song dash contest to enter use the coupon code zach that's my name z-a-k to save 10 percent on your contest entry okay there we go get it done let's dive in the zach kuhn show okay here we go episode 76 brian benson of ac entertainment perhaps best known for being the lead booker at bonnaroo by the way, I got my tickets for Bonnaroo. Oh my God, I can't wait. Brian Benson, how did he get Paul McCartney? We're going to find out. How did he get the job at AC Entertainment? What's involved with booking this festival? And what else does he do when he's not booking Bonnaroo? What did he do during the pandemic? All these questions and more are answered here on episode 76. Let's dive in. Okay, so first of all, I want to know, I want to dive right in here. How do you get Paul McCartney on Bonnaroo? Because this took like six years, if I'm not mistaken. And was this like a goal that you're like, we want to get Paul, let's start figuring this out. Did you write this? Like, how does this process start to start getting Paul McCartney to come to the middle of Tennessee and play Bonnaroo? Well, process is the right word for sure. Um, You know, uh, some of the bigger name talent that we get um, you know, it, you know, the cultivating of those relationships and, and the uh, coercing to try to come play the festival, certainly, you know, sometimes years in the making. Um, I'd say that was, you know, almost certainly the case with, with Sir Paul. But, um, you know, s- several of our headliners over the years, we, we you know, we, we've been courting for quite a while. Um, but, you know, Bonner is a magical place. The artists know that. Um, we've got the best audience in the country and you know, in terms of, you know, a festival experience to, you know, for us, it's unmatched. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I think we've also created a, a fairly attractive thing for the artists. Um, so we just, uh, you know, sometimes you get lucky and it works out. So what takes six years? Like what, like, do you, the first time you reach out, do you like plant the seed? And I imagine like, is he planning six years ahead? Like what part of it actually takes six years to get him to come? Yeah, I don't know about the six years specifically, but um, uh, you know, yeah, this is some some artists certainly are planning pretty far in advance. I, I I'd say not six years necessarily, but um, yeah, I, I, it just you know, it's just sometimes it takes a while to get the timing right. Um, you know, it's um, you know, sometimes it's involving bringing certain uh, representatives from the artist camp to the festival to see what the experience is like. Um, to see what the, you know, how we can accommodate them, what the production is, 
um, meet the organizers, um, you know, and so let's say maybe that happens, but then it's another couple of years before, you know, the schedule works um, for the artist, uh, or maybe they're going to wait till they're on a record cycle or um, maybe they're in Europe one year and then they're going to be in, in the States in the summer the next. So just, you know, timing, you know, in, in the festival booking game, timing is a lot of what we do. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Fair enough. Was anyone playing against Paul McCartney when he was going on? Was there anyone else or was he, he was the only one at that time, right? Yeah, no, we, we didn't, we didn't have any sacrificial lambs. I don't think on that one. Um, typically, and this is a, you know, the festival's 20 years old, so it's evolved over time. But, you know, in the early days, um, and it's still mostly true, um, you know, the, the main stage headliner is unopposed um, on, on the other stages. Uh, you know, as we have evolved and, for example, once we added uh, the other, which is um, our, our EDM program stage, um, you know, that's, you know, kind of programming that sometimes we'll just let roll over, uh, over the main stage headliner, depending on who it is or what's happening. Um, but for the most part, um, you know, we, we try to keep that, that main stage headline slot unopposed. That's it also who- gives us a chance, you know, we, we, we do a lot of late night programming, um, you know, e- even on some of the bigger stages and, um, you know, that gives us a chance to sort of reset set the production and kind of get ready for those, you know, sets that are starting anywhere from 12 to 1230 AM rolling into the wee hours of the morning. Right, right, right. Did you get a chance to meet Paul? I did not. Oh my God. Are you serious? You didn't like, I I would have been right there trying to make it happen. Uh, Yeah. Sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. So, um, you know, again, we just want the artists to have a great experience and um, you know, like to, like to say hi and, and thank you for being there when it makes sense, but sometimes it didn't work out. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so going back for a minute, have you? I was trying to figure this out. Have you spent your entire career professionally at AC Entertainment? Have you? Have you worked anywhere else? You, you went to college, University of Knoxville, Tennessee, and did. then did you start working at AC Entertainment like right afterwards? Sort of. Um, so I, I, I graduated from UT in I think two thousand and two. Um, I went into radio, um, from there. Um, and I was working at a small independent radio station here in Knoxville. Um, it was a triple A station. Uh, I was on air a little bit. I did a little bit of sales. Um, and I just sort of, you know, did the radio thing for about a year, year and a half. I was also playing in a band at the time. What do you play? Uh, used to play, uh, is what I'll stress there. It's been a while. Um, but, but I used to play guitar and, and, um, attempted some singing as well. But, um, I, uh, wasn't just in a little band here in Knoxville that we, we just played a little you know, regionally around the area. And, um, so it was the combo of that and, and, and the radio gig that sort of got me on the radar, I think with a couple of people at AC, um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I really, I, I, I had known Ashley and um, ended up meeting a guy by the name of Carrie Archer, who was the COO at the time. And, um, you know, the, the company was still really small um, at the time, but, um, you know, their, their crown jewel, which was Bonnaroo, was, was rapidly growing. And so, um, you know, they were looking to get some help. So I got hired actually by Bonnaroo 
specifically as an independent contractor in 2005. Um, so I, I joined on with Bonnaroo in 05 and then was able to, um, to get in um, at, at a full-time position in 2006 at AC and then the rest is kind of history. Who was booking Bonnaroo at the time? Was it just Ashley and, and the, the Superfly team or, or who, who was doing it? You got it. Yeah, it was it was it was Ashley and uh, you know a couple of the partners at Superfly uh, do, doing all the booking in those days. So, um, you know, you know, I, I came on to the booking team, you know, several years after I started um, started at AC. But um, yeah, I mean, those guys um, they were visionaries and, and still are in a lot of ways. And um, you know, those it's still fun to look back at those at those early lineups. You know. Was the, were you looking for the booking position? Like when you came on, were you secretly eyeing the booking position the whole time? You're like, Absolutely. that's, that's yeah. what I want to do. How yeah, do I, 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 I was not shy about letting them know that that was, uh, that was where I was looking to get to. Um, but you know, I, uh, you know, some things fell into place and, and got lucky and, you know, in other ways, you know, I re- worked really hard and, and sort of earned my way up the ladder. But, um, you know, back then, um, you know, we were a small team and, you know, I think I was lucky in the sense that, you know, we, we did everything like uh, I, you know, I, I pretty much, I, there's, there's very few things at AC that I never really did as a job at some point, maybe, maybe marketing was about the only thing I didn't really do as a position, but, you know, the booking team back then was only a couple of people and we, you know, we did it all, you know, we did all of the production and, and, and show repping and contracting and ticketing and um, obviously all making all of the offers and buying the talent. And so, you know, I just learned how to do everything and it really set me up well um, to really advance in my career. And so I was lucky to have done that. And now you can yell at the younger people who are screwing it up because you know what that job is, right? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, 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 I don't know if that's if you're saying that from reputation or not. I hope not. I, I no, uh, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, yeah, you, you know, it's 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 nice to have a, a great team, especially of some of the younger folks, and you know, I um, certainly lean on them a lot um, when it comes to. Um, you know, hey, is this cool or not? Because let's be honest, I'm getting a little up there. Um, so how do you, I mean, I've heard that you just spend so much time listening to music and you know the scene so well and the scene meaning just like music in general. Um, how do you stay up on it? Like, what do you look at? What do you read? Are you going through playlists? Like, like I feel like it's impossible to stump you with a rising act. I've heard you just know everything that's on the come up. Like, how, how do you stay in the know? It's a combination of a lot of things. Um, you know, I, first of all, I think, you know, I, I book not just Bonnaroo, but we've got, we have actually six festivals that we do across the AC portfolio. So you combine the festivals with the fact that we also book a lot of club shows. And in fact, you know, our business, you know, the foundation of that really in a lot of ways was the fact that we were willing to, you know, as an independent promoter back in back in the day, we were willing to promote pretty much anybody, anywhere, anytime. Um, you know, starting especially if it if it was an artist we were really excited about, you know, we would start with that artist at the smallest club level that we could, which really established a, a really strong relationship between AC and that artist, and then we would grow with them all the way up throughout their careers. So, you know, we still we still do a lot of that kind of business, and so. 
um, in, in, in booking artists when they're first starting to break in the clubs and also having those opportunities, those early stage slot or small stage slot opportunities at the festivals, the, the artist representatives, the agents and the managers know that myself and Steve Green and Bobby and, and Sophie with C3 who, who, who do Bonnaroo with me, um, they, they know they can come to us and we have opportunities for their bands when they're breaking. And so a lot of that stuff comes across my desk every day. And, you know, it's part of it. And it's, it's really, it's one of the most fun parts of the job is, um, you know, I, you know, I'd be lying to say, I, I can't listen to literally everything that comes across, but I try my best. And, you know, I don't know, you just, sometimes you have an ear for it and, you know, uh, when you, when you hear something that you think is, is going to be, you know, somewhere at some point and you give it a shot. So, um, that, that that's kind of how it works. Do you have a folder for everything? Like when you come across something, is there like a big folder or like a Google doc that everything goes into, or do you just keep it up in your head or do you send it to a team member and say, Hey, make note of this. This is interesting. Like how do you organize it? Yeah, we've got, we've got a couple of ways to organize it. Um, you know, we kind of keep a running list of things that, um, you know, we think could be exciting in the following year, for example, what's kind of the phase we're in right now. Um, you know, started to get, you know, sort of getting started on the 22 booking process. Um, it's quite early for me to be, you know, really considering anything at the lower or developing artist level. Um, but, you know, certainly want to start keeping track of what we think might be uh, something to have on the radar. Um, but, you know, uh, the, you know, certainly using the streaming services and, um, you know, organizing and having playlists, you know, we, we've got, you know, some of our team that, that do a good job and, or they're just, you know, super passionate about developing artists and they, uh, you know, some of them have like weekly playlists that, you know, go out that, that, that I'll listen to. And, um, you know, as I like something, I'll just add it on my own end and, and sort of keep track of it that way. Okay. Fair enough. Do you have to balance booking Bonnery, which I feel like could be like obsessive and time consuming versus everything else that you guys do? Like, do you have to remember that? Like, Oh my God, there's like, we do a thousand concerts a year. We run it. We book other venues or do you focus mostly on Bonnery or how do you split? And the other festivals also that you guys uh, book and promote, like how do you split your brain between Bonnery, which I feel like could take up all your time and balancing everything else? It can be challenging, um, but but no, I, I I'm you know Steve Green and I are are, are the two festival bookers for AC, um, but we also are booking, you know, a large percentage of the regular concerts that that we uh, promote and produce every year as well. Um, but you know, we like it that way um, because again, you know, for us it's about um, having great opportunities to deliver to the artists. And so for me, uh, I want to be able to uh, work with an artist, not only on our festivals, but um, we have, uh, for example, some beautiful historic theaters that we, that we manage and operate. Uh, we have amazing amphitheaters that we work in. We have great coliseums and arenas. And, and, and as I mentioned earlier, the clubs. So, um, you know, we have a really good, uh, amazing portfolio of venues that, you know, uh, again, it's, it's, uh, it behooves me to be able to offer both. And so that's kind of how we do it. You know, we, we've, you know, Ted Heinig is our, uh, you know, 
sort of um, mentor on the booking side. He's the president of AC now. And, you know, between Ted, Steve, myself, and, and uh, Annika Gentry, who's another buy on our team, you know, we, we've kind of the four of us, we split it up and um, we've developed relationships with certain agents and managers over the course of what's been 15 plus years now. And so, um, you know, that's just kind of how we do it. Um, you know, certain agents and managers know who to come to on our team and uh, we try to take care of them as, as best we can. Fair enough. How do you think about being in Knoxville? Like if you're in Nashville, for example, and you go to that hometown show or that industry show, it's like the artist is distracted. They're doing all this press. There's a ton of people swarming. Is it a different vibe when you go see the show in, in Knoxville? Is it a little easier to, to make more of a relationship with the artist or maybe an artist's team member? Is that kind of something that's advantageous for you guys to be a little out of the way in that sense? I think it is. Yeah, I, I, I think that's an interesting observation, you know. Um, I, I think a lot of people know that, you know, AC is based here. Um, so there, there's, a, you know, a certain expectation that we'll be out and in full force for the show. And I think that, that, yeah, I think, I do think there's a bit of an advantage there. Um, we're not having to really split time in terms of the artists having a bunch of obligations Stuff when they, to do. they get this tour stop. But, um, but again, you know, being based here, you know, again, we have really beautiful venues as well. And we get a lot of industry traffic here as well, being so close to Nashville, but um, you know, we, we promote in some really great markets. I mean, Nashville, North Carolina has been a key market for us going back 20 plus 25 years. Um, and, um, I mean, Nashville is one of the, one of the coolest concert markets in the Southeast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chattanooga is another one. It's just a market that, um, you know, is in tremendous growth mode. It's got a really cool vibe downtown, has some amazing venues, um, we've got more venues in Chattanooga than we do anywhere else, actually, funny enough. Um, and so, uh, you know, we're lucky to have great venues, great venue partners, great city partners in all these places. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, listen, it's not necessarily a substitute for Nashville either. I mean, we're still doing a lot of shows in Nashville. Um, and we still love to come to Nashville and, um, you know, you, you, you've got to, you know, you've got to be present there too, you know, because it's, you know, sometimes the artists, um, depending on what leg of the tour it is, for example, maybe they're not able to hit a Knoxville or a Chattanooga or an Asheville. And, um, maybe we're lucky enough to promote the show or be involved in Nashville and we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll make, make our presence known there too. Do you do everything? Like, do you travel to Nashville, New York, LA, other industry hubs or for what you do? And you have such an iconic, you know, brand behind you. Does everyone basically come to you and, and you're able to do everything that you need to do over the phone, et cetera? No, there's a, there's a certain amount of, I mean, there's a, there's a fair amount of travel there. Um, it's hard to remember what that was like, um, <laughs> you know, uh, pre COVID. Um, although we're starting to get back into it now, which is exciting, but um but yeah, I, uh, we're, we're, we're all over the place, um, you know, with the, you know, obviously we, we travel to all of our events and we're, we're, you know, trying to maintain a, a strong industry presence where we can. And so, um, you know, you got to show up places. Guys show up. Okay. Bonnaroo 2021 could not be more excited. The lineup is ridiculous. I, I have it pulled up over here. So in the past, you're always a slave to artists' schedules and if they're touring or, you know, if they're on the cycle or whatever it is, you have to work with the artists. This year, as I imagine, everybody probably wants to get on the road. 
Was this the easiest Bonnaroo to book? Was this the hardest one to book? Like, what was it like booking this year as like, I bet everybody wanted to get out and play. You know, how, how did that factor into putting the lineup together? I think this was one of the harder ones. One um, of the harder ones. Interesting. Yes. And, and I think there were several reasons I say that. One, the uncertainty with the pandemic is the first one. Um, you know, there were some artists that were unsure they wanted to come out and play at all in 2021. Um, some artists that didn't know if they wanted to. So, um, you know, it's like, well, we, we've got to get this thing booked and out. So some, some of those conversations lingered. And then you just had, you know, it was, we, we, we rescheduled this show, uh, I think, three times. And so whenever you're doing that, I mean, if, if you think about it, a large portion of the lineup this year is rolled over from 2020. Right. Um, and, and the, and the sold out show we had that was supposed to play in June that didn't play. Um, but we started booking that show um, probably in early 2019. So in a lot of ways, we've been working on the same lineup in different versions since early 2019, almost two years. Um, so it's 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 been a bear. Um, you know, the it's it was it was a challenge for us to, um, you know, we 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 certainly made a decision that uh, hey, we we had a sold out show, didn't get to play. Um, we're not going to pick and choose artists. We, we were really happy with the lineup. We're going to offer everybody to come back. And that's what we did. Certainly some uh, were able to come back and join us. And that was exciting. And some weren't um, for whatever reason. And that's all fine. So we went through that process. And then we knew what we had that, that was open. And so starting to fill that back in with uh, you know, a large portion of the festival already booked was an interesting place to be, um, you know, because usually that's not the process we're going through, right? I mean, we're, um, you know, ideally we're sort of have an idea of what we want to do near the top of the bill and we sort of work our way and build the show accordingly. And yet here we had sort of like, it's like having a foundation of a house that was like halfway done but the other half wasn't done yet. And right, so, right, right. Um, it, it was it was an interesting one. Um, you know, with the pandemic, you know, travel was an issue. Um, you know, international artists weren't really an option for us in a lot of ways. You know, we still have um, a handful on the show, but that's also limiting in a in a in a way for us. Uh, on Bonnaroo. So there's just a lot of factors that made it, um, made it a, a bit of a heavy lift, but I'm, I'm thrilled with how it came together. And, um, you know, no artists being on tour, as you referenced, um, you know, certainly helpful um, in regards to, you know, having, you know, potentially a, availability of a, of a larger number of artists. But I think that was then counterbalanced with, with COVID. And right, um, right, right. Artists not being available to us because of that. Did you think about this lineup being 
like there's something for everyone or it feels like in past years certain lineups have skewed into in certain genres or whatever it is this one feels like there's really an act a headliner lower acts on the bill like there's something for everyone no matter what genre you're into which feels appropriate for a post-covid time when everybody's gonna be wanting to go into the show was is that just the way it came out or did or did you think about that at all we think about that every year um and i think you know our goal um or one of our goals on bonnaroo is to always present a diverse lineup that's got you know a little something for everybody um you know uh, you know this is you know, Bonnaroo is always, you know, we're always trying to push the envelope in regards to the talent that we, that we um, present. And um, I think this year's no different. That's, that's always something that's in, it's in the forefront of our brains for sure. Keeping it diverse, something for everyone. Did you think about, I feel like, I feel like there were all these artists that blew up this year on TikTok and no one has any idea if they're going to draw tickets or not. We're, we're kind of waiting to see, could you know would you think about these artists i guess for 2022 we'll we'll see if they're drawing tickets but did you guys look at like the jadens or the nessas or even like the addison ray who's putting out music were you looking at any tiktok artists who have never played a live show ever and now have massive followings in the music space did they ever come up for the lineup sometimes yeah um you know again i think that's you know uh, artists are obviously blowing up on tiktok and um, certainly something, something to be aware of. Um, but again, it's just one platform, uh, out of many. Um, but, but certainly, you know, that's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be part of the future of, you know, you know, uh, continuing, you know, challenges of, in terms of how to vet the talent and figure out, you know, um, which one do we choose over, over the others? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's certainly, certainly on our radar and, and something we're, we're pretty cognizant of. Fair enough. So is Bonnaroo weekend, like the busiest weekend of the year for you, or is, is that like your time off? Like, are you, is your work done? Cause you're, cause everyone's there already, or are you crazy that weekend? Well, you know, for me, um, it's, it's never really done. Um, and, and I, I it certainly, you know, it, we, we're very much on that weekend, um, you know, just because the lineup is booked and announced, um, you know, as the, as the talent buyers, we still have quite a lot on our plate. Um, and then, you know, at the actual event, um, you know, which just really all about sh- making sure the artists are taken care of, um, that they're having a great experience. And, you know, if the occasional fire needs to be put out, we're there to help. Um, but otherwise, it's, um, you know, it's sort of a bit of a celebration for us, really. I mean, it's the culmination of all this hard work. And each year, the festival takes on a, a life of its own. And, um, you know, we just, uh, we're just lucky to be able to, you know, kind of host all of these artists and, and, and great, you know, people across our industry every year um, on a magnificent festival piece of property. And do you camp also every year? No, I do not. Oh uh, my goodness. Thank you for asking. I know well, I, you, uh, you will be happy to know that um, I am a, I, I am a Bonnaroo vet of the first three years um, pre getting to actually work with the festival in 05. So I, I did attend the first three years on my own as a fan and camped uh, as you do. And, uh, and then was really lucky and fortunate to, 
to come on board um, that that next year. But uh, no, no, no longer um, is uh, is the forty year old me out there uh, in a tent. And um, you know, I, I I like my wife to come with me, and there's no way uh, there's no way she's she's brave in in the tent in the heat with me out there. Okay, so what's the so this is like my first Bonnaroo. I'm ashamed and excited to say. But what do I need to know? Like, what's the tip for your first time at Bonnaroo? I feel like it could be a little overwhelming knowing where to go, what to see, what to do. What's the advice? How do you tackle this? Couple, couple of things I would say. Um, don't overschedule. Okay. Um, you know, the schedule can be somewhat overwhelming. Um, you know, you think that you're going to go from here to here to here to here to here. And I would just say, don't, don't stress about that because to me, the magic of the festival or one of the things that makes it so special is the things that you're going to experience that you have no idea you're going to experience. And so build in time to just have those things happen. Um, they're going to be areas of the festival you didn't know existed. Um, you know, th- th- we have, we have, expanded the experience especially out in the campground so drastically that um you could you could have an incredible time at Bonnaroo and almost not even go into the middle of the event and see any music that's how much there's going on in the campgrounds um and uh so I would just say you know don't overschedule pace yourself drink lots of water (laughs) um you know stay hydrated um and just, um, yeah, just, just be willing to, uh, you know, kind of, kind of experience things as they come. You've got to take the FOMO part out of it, right? Can't have, you got to put FOMO aside. You got to go with the flow, see where it takes you. That's the, that's the Bonnaroo way. You can't be everywhere at, at, at every second. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's also, it's, it's, it's a large piece of property as well. So there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of hustling on on foot to get to places. Of course, we added the jam track this year, which we're which we're really excited what about. What is the jam track? The jam track is going to be a um, let's say theme park style shuttle system that is going to run uh, from the campgrounds to Cineru. Um, so it's going to be like a little uh, little shuttle tram that uh, you know is going to be really helpful, especially for the ones that um, you know, are, are camping pretty far away. Um, but yeah, we're, we're really excited. I think it's going to be, um, you know, greatly enhance the experience because, um, you know, for, for the campsites that are, that are pretty far away from center it can be quite a hike. Any other new activations that we can talk about? Or are we keeping a lot of these wrapped up? I think we're going to keep some things wrapped up right now. We're going to keep some things wrapped yeah. up. Respect, yeah. respect. Okay. We're constantly, uh, we're constantly evolving out there though. So there'll be, there'll, there'll be some fun things to announce soon enough. There's some Easter eggs. Everybody's got to go check them out. So what's the story when, you know, I don't know how much you can talk about this, but like Phoenix and like Mumford and Sons are like two examples of bands that, that blew up after, I guess they were booked or after the lineup was announced and you had to like shuffle some things around to sort of move stages or you, you had to do something there, right? What's the story with how that works? Like when you have an act who blows up after the lineup is announced, how do you approach moving things around like that? Like that's gotta be a crazy task, right? 
It's not easy. It's not um, easy. No, it's not. And and it, it honestly, it rarely happens, but um, it, it certainly has happened in the past. Uh, you just, you know, you just do your best to accommodate. Um, I remember, I remember Mumford specifically was one of those that, um, you know, post announcement, you know, they were just on a rocket ship and everybody knew it. And so we had to do some adjusting and, um, you know, luckily in that case, you know, we were able to pull that off. Some of the other artists were certainly, you know, accommodating and helpful in that regard. And, um, so it just depends on the specific situation, but, uh, hopefully, um, and, and this, you know, that this hasn't happened in quite some time, actually. Um, you know, hopefully we're doing our job as the buyers on the front end and, and, you know, slotting everybody in there in the appropriate slot so that we can avoid any situations like that. But sometimes it's unavoidable. Um, Why so- does someone accommodate? It feels like it's like, it's not in their best interest to accommodate in this situation. Why does someone accommodate truly because of the good of their heart? <laughs> yeah, sometimes, um, you know, or, or, you know, sometimes it's just say, this is clear and obvious. This is the thing we need to do. And, um, so we can get creative sometimes with, with, with different ways to pull it off. But, but again, you know, it's, it, you know, this hasn't really happened in quite some time and hopefully, um, it's, it's a rarity for us in the future. Absolutely. So, you know, there's so many three lines of like, you know, of what makes a great Bonnaroo set of like, I've seen like Sergio Simpson crush it with, you know, no production. And then their acts like Paul McCartney, Live and Let Die, has got tons of pyro and tons of production or like Elton John or whoever else. Is there a through line of what makes a great Bonnaroo set? Or do you see artists change their set for the better to accommodate Bonnaroo and, and any, you know, similarities that always work? Like what, what's the secret to a great Bonnaroo set? I think as long as the artist just puts it all out there and gives it everything they have, it's going to be a good experience because, um, again, we've, you know, we've got the best audience in the country and, you know, the Bonnaroo fans show up to every set. I mean, there, it doesn't matter if it's a developing act on one of the small stages or the top headliner on the show, the, 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 the tent or the field or the space in front of the stage is always full. And so, you know, going in, if you're the artist, um, you're going to have a crowd. And so, you know, Put put your put your game face on, bring your A game, and and you'll be fine. Who's brought the most production to a set? Any artists come to mind? Hmm, it's a good question. Um, Would it be Fish? No, not necessarily. Um, I'm, I'm thinking more of like um, I don't know. Maybe we had. I felt like we had a lot of production for for an act like Muse a few years back thinking more along those lines than, than, you know, fish is just lots of lights, uh, lots of lights. Yeah. Well, a b- big lighting rig, but you know, we're, we're used to that. Um, but yeah, um, I, I would say maybe some of the bigger rock bands we've had in the past, probably. Do you get excited when a band brings a lot of production or does the team get excited or is it like a major headache? Um, I mean the, the production side of things, um, you know, no, I, I'd say, you know, we, we want the, I mean, the number one goal for us is for the band to be able to, to produce the show that they want to produce at the festival. Um, and, and that's our, that's our goal is to accommodate, 
you know, if, um, if a band is on tour and they have a rig they're using, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to accommodate that. It, it depends on where they are in the day. And, um, you know, some, some of the artists that are in the middle of the day, you know, we'll have to pare down a little bit, but, um, certainly for the headliners, um, no, we, we want, we want the biggest show that they want to, they want to produce. And, and we're, we're, we're certainly happy with that. We'll accommodate. Did you know that you were going to have the last Beastie Boys show when it happened in 2009? Did, no, did anybody I, have any idea? Abs- no, absolutely not. Um, you know, that just, um, that's just, that's unfortunately the way it worked out, but, um, you know, still one of my favorite sets of all time. Really? Absolutely. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Why was it so I've seen a lot of the footage of it, but was it just an energy thing or like, are you a big Beastie Boys fan? Why, why was it so good? It's just one of the, you know, for me, I, I just grew up listening to the Beastie Boys, you know, and, um, you know, so to, so to get those guys, um, I'm not sure I'd actually ever seen them perform either. So it was sort of like a, a moment. Um, but, you know, like so many of the artists like that, that, that play, um, it, it's, it's the fact that they're playing at Montaroo that makes it special. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that was, that, that was a legendary show. Legendary show. Have we started working on 2022 yet? I know you start working on these things very far in advance. Have you started to have conversations for 2022? Yes, we have. What about 2023? Yes, we have. Uh, really? Yes. What, okay. What about 24? Uh, no, 24. No, no 24. 24. At 23. 23 is just a couple, but yeah, we've we've we're, we're started. Um, and uh, you know the 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 process it, it almost really never stops at this point. Um, you know we're we're always thinking about you know what 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 are we gonna do next? Um, it's just, I think it's just kind of the way that, that the bookers are wired. Um, you know, it's like once one thing's booked and, and, and completed, it's, uh, all right, what's, what's the next one going to look like? So, um, so we're, we're, we're always looking forward like that, but yeah, we, we have started and, um, and, and are excited to really start digging in, um, and, uh, and, and seeing who, who can come out and join us in 22. When you go that far in advance, like let's say 23, can you only really look at top headliners that are just iconic and are never going away? Like it's hard to book anything else that far in advance, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are some things that, you know, are going to obviously, um, you know, we're going to want pretty much any year. And so, you know, again, going back to the beginning of our conversation, um, you know, a lot of those artists, you got to get on the radar early. Um, so I, I would say, you know, anything that far out, that's kind of what we're talking about. Um, I, I certainly cannot predict, um, you know, most things are going to be, you know, especially on the contemporary front, like exciting and relevant a year from now, much less two years from now. So, right, right, right. A lot, you know, a lot of that, you know, you got to get the timing right on for sure. Okay, fair enough. What have we left out here? Have we left anything out? Bonnaroo 2021 in September. Is this going to be like, I've heard some people say, and I get it that like Bonnaroo is not Bonnaroo unless it happens in the summer, because in the fall, I think I've heard people on the AC team say this, that in the fall, it's hard to kind of check out mentally as much as you can in the summer and just put your worries and your work and everything aside. Is this, is this going to have a different feeling? This Bonnaroo, is this going to be a really unique year because of that? Could be, um, but I, I just think it's going to feel like Monterey. I mean, obviously you're going to have, a, it's going to be a little different from a weather perspective. The sun's going to go down at a different time and, you know, 
it's still going to be hot, but you know, uh, maybe maybe not quite as bad. But otherwise, I think it's just going to feel like Montaru, and, and for us, it's going to be, um, you know, quite a quite a coming together and a celebration because, you know, it's been a tough year, and um, you know, to to be able to get back and 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 put this event on. Um, we, we just couldn't be more excited. And, um, you know, we're just, we're chomping at the bit to get, to get all of our family back out on the farm and, and, and celebrate and, um, you know, and then we'll, we'll reset, put, put this thing back in June, uh, where in my opinion, where it belongs, but uh, September, listen, we, we did, we did what we had to do to get the show in this year. And so I'm really happy, uh, we're able to do that. If you don't have tickets yet, are you screwed? This is sold out, right? We are sold out. Yeah, Bonnaroo 2021 is sold out. If you don't have your tickets, you're out of luck. Uh, yeah, I, I and yeah, I I think uh, you know, be ready to buy early for when we go on sale uh, in 22. Was this this was this like a record sellout or or um, did it sell particularly fast this year? Great question. 2020 was the fastest sellout in the in the history of the festival, and then when we went back on sale this year for 2021, we beat it. So yes. Fast to sell out in festival history. So and thank you, the, thank you, Bonnaroo fans. Bonnaroo fans, the best fans in the world. And this is going to be the full capacity, right? Full cap. Full cap. And are people going to be wearing masks, or do we know yet? Does it depend on what the CDC says? Uh, yeah, I would say, um, you know, in terms of uh, policies related to anything, uh, you know, in regards to COVID, um, it'll, it will, you know, we'll be following state <clears throat> and federal CDC guidelines. Bonnaroo 2021. I'm putting my lineup together here already. This is this is gonna be out of control. Brian, thank you for taking the time out of your busy yeah. schedule. What have we left anything out? Is there anything we haven't said at this moment? I think we pretty much covered it. We covered it. We didn't even need Steven. He's uh <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Well, thanks for taking the time. My pleasure, Zach. Good to meet you. Good to meet you too. Stay well. There you have it, episode 76, Brian Benson. By the way, Bonnaroo is sold out this year, so if you don't have your tickets yet, you might be out of luck. Disappointing. Hey, Brian, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. By the way, I want want to tell you about something again, which I think is really cool, which is the American Songwriter Song Contest, which you can enter today for a chance to win $10,000, as well as promotion an american songwriter you a possible publishing deal and your song is going to get in front of judges like paul stanley vance joy martina mcbride and others so americansongwriter.com slash song dash contest to enter use the coupon code zach that's my name z-a-k to get 10 percent off your contest entry the zach kuhn show is mixed by sam Heyman, and our theme music is by justin johnson If you want more content from us, you can subscribe to our newsletter at NashvilleBriefing.com or you can follow us on socials, everything at Nashville Briefing. Zach Kuncho is part of the American Songwriter Podcast Network, and we're proud to be part of it. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye.